Simplicity, where we discuss intentional living, minimalism, and searching for meaning in a world obsessed with more. I'm Mick. I'm Craig. And together we run a website called manifestsimplicity.com. We post essays, short thoughts, recommendations, and our rules for living a more meaningful life. What are we looking at today, Craig? We are going to be checking out flowers. Lovely. Just flowers in general. Uh huh. Street tattoos. Okay. And attaching memories to smells. <laughs> smell sights and sounds. Sick. But it uh, says smells here, so I'm gonna just say smells. You've got lots of tattoos. I've got, yeah, I've got quite a few. I don't have any. I really, really wanna get one. What would you get? Um, I have had a few ideas about what I would get. Um, I think straight out of the gate, I wanna get the words out there. On your ass cheeks. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm saving that for Jesus is coming, look busy. Um, on my arm somewhere. Uh, out there is that's a very like cutty, de- cutty yeah, I just, I just, oh. I just did a wrist cutty motion for those people who um, aren't in the room right now. <laughs> who isn't in the room right now? Uh, everyone else. Do you um, know who is in the room right now? Who? Anton. Stop mentioning Anton. <laughs> <laughs> Anton is not in the room, but he is until not, he's on the episode, but he is in our hearts. Always in our hearts. Um, the yeah, so How reason, long can we keep this up for? Forever. Um, he's going to become one of those mythical characters that when we eventually have him on the podcast, everyone will stop listening. <laughs> Doesn't even exist. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I would get out there because there is a book which is right there, which is written by a guy called Frozen Ed Furtor. And he is a ultramarathon runner from America. Okay. And he was... What is an ultramarathon for those? An ultramarathon is a... I mean, I know what one is. A race event that is longer than a traditional 26.2 mile marathon. So anything from a 50K to a 100 miles and even more. They do oh, like right, okay. 250 mile races in cool. Death Valley. Turbo marathon. Yeah, it's just mental, basically. The only people who do them are crazy people. Um, like me. And he wrote this book, Frozen Ed wrote this book about the Barclay Marathons, which there is a documentary about on Netflix, which is called The Race That Eats Its Young. Ooh. Because it's basically, it's lauded as, if not the toughest, then one of the toughest um, ultramarathons in the entire world. I won't give away the entire premise of the book, but basically it's him giving race reports for every year for like 10 years. The Race is so difficult that um, only 16 people have ever finished it. Oh, has he won? No. Oh, he's never finished it. Um, He's finished the short version. Mm -hmm. So there's a short version and a long version and only 16 people have ever finished the long version. Um, And he writes as if out there is like a character in the book. So what he's saying is that in order to in order to actually like get through this really tough challenge, you have to spend a lot of time out there. And out there is like in the woods, completely lost, going through all this really hard stuff in order to, at the end, get the glory that comes with getting through it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I went through a period of out there in my life in the last few years, and I would quite like to mark it with a tattoo. Um, so I would, that's the first thing I'd get. I have a load of other, I- other ideas, but nothing has stuck long enough for me to actually commit and go and get it done. Um, what was the first tattoo you ever got? It was the uh, the bird on my forearm. Um, I got it. It signifies when I was uh, growing up. I lived opposite um, a school. Yeah. 
and the school had trees running all along the wall, uh, yeah. next to the brick wall. And me and my gran used to sit and we'd watch and we'd have breakfast in the dining room and we'd sit and watch the birds in the trees. Sick. And it was like a little gang war. It was funny. Like some set of birds would own one, like the magpies and the pigeons would own the other and then the crows <laughs> would be in there. And you'd see them all going from tree to tree just trying to wind each other up. Sick. Um, but I got that from my gran. It was the first tattoo I, com- tattoo I committed to. Um, and I was really pleased with it. Really, really pleased with That's it. Sick. Cool. Uh, I've got quite a lot of heavily tattooed friends as well, so I was yeah. like, there's a lot influenced. of people. There's a lot of people. I feel like they've got much cooler and much less stigmatized over the last kind of ten years. Yeah, maybe. I think because they were always sort of this like subcultured thing. They were like correct off the mainstream. They're now more mainstream. Yeah. Now, I still think for someone that's around it, I still think that uh, this is going to sound awful, but good tattoos, like unique tattoos, are still not so mainstream but you're, you're starting to see a lot more people like when manchester when we had our bombing yeah uh to just less than two years ago everyone was getting the b yeah. tattooists were doing it cheap you know you could get a b and it was great and that's all that's all well and good but there's some people that i know got an amazing b tattoo that was like all around manchester and stuff like that and yeah. i don't think you saw many people with them but you do see a lot of people with just the b yeah i feel like the the um you're right the mainstream is the kind of generic it's a little bit more generic and then the kind of the ones that you're like wow that's a real piece of artwork that you now have on you um those ones are less common Mm. but i think a little bit more uh they stand out more yeah exactly yeah Yeah, they're a little bit more yeah stand out a little but my my, uh, this is how mainstream the the b was my dad went and got one and my dad has never had a tattoo ever in his entire life and when i got mine he was like oh why'd you get a bird not a dragon and i was just like Cool. And then he went and just got a B. And I was yeah. like, all right, okay. I know yeah, I know a lot of people who have got it. Um, I mean, I, I have nothing against it. No, exactly. No, it's, like, a, great, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great tattoo. It's an amazing when cause. I, like, I, I'm proud to be from Manchester. When I, when I see it on people, I it does remind me of that kind of crazy, really sad event that went down. Mm. And I guess that's what it is. It's like that's saying, what it's like, there I, to do. I stand with everyone from Manchester. Um, I, um, I moved to Manchester the year after it happened. Um, and kind of was seeing it around everywhere. Yeah, you were and like didn't really understand. You were like later two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I moved near Christmas. Yeah, um, and I moved and kind of like saw lots of people with it. I was like, what the heck? Um, and it just took like a little bit of research to then put it together. That that's the kind of like the emblem of Manchester's like solidarity with that situation, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. And I know lots of people who have got it. Uh, but you're right. There, the people there are people who would never have got a tattoo who who have that as the only thing they have. Mm. Um, I'm, I, I, I definitely, definitely want to get one before I'm 30 and I'm 28, so I've got time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can take me to wherever you get yours done. Yeah, yeah, I've got friends. We can go. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, do you so, want to yes. throw, it, throw it on me, lay it on me? Let me hit you with these three questions. My turn this Monsieur week. Monsieur Craig. Ah, uh, oui. Uh, shout out, Christoph. What is something that made you a bit annoyed this week? So, while we're recording this, I've been invited this Friday to a gig Ooh. I'd really like to go to. I like a gig. Didn't have to pay for the ticket. Oh. Some Muppet we know, oh. bought two tickets. Um, and the person he bought them with can't make it. So he's invited me and it's to see Jungle. Oh my God. I love Jungle. I love Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? Their new album, amazing. I, I have not listened to it yet. I've got about five of their songs on my in-car playlist yeah. that I just have on all the time. Like, and it, it's, it's, it's so chill. Th- that, 
I mean, I know last week we said um, we said that. What was that album you mentioned last week that was just perfect and every song on it oh, was Oh, brilliant. by Damien Rice. That's the one. Yeah. Like, you said every song on it was perfect. It's like a, this 90s, album, it's a classic 90s acoustic album. For me, this album is all bar one song perfect. Oh. Right? And it's not that the song's bad, it's just, it's a bit different to the others and it's not for me. Right. Um, but to, to someone else it could be the perfect album, but to yeah. me, that one song, I'm just like, when it comes on, I'm here nor there with it. I have another one of those albums, Cold Heart by Third Story, which right. came out two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, is a flawless album. Once you once you've deleted <laughs> one of the songs from the playlist, <laughs> so I had to make my own playlist and get rid of one of the songs. And like, <laughs> so you just called it the name of the, the album. I did literally. I called it the name, and then when I ask this the computer to play it, it just plays my playlist instead of the intro. <laughs> um, but yeah, there I I feel your pain because that. But I'm sad. Is annoying. I'm sad that I'm missing it because I'm actually away. Um, Oh yeah, you're planned going... planned earlier, but yeah, I'm yeah. actually away, uh, so I'm actually unfortunately going to miss that game. You're going on your Viking trip, right? Oh, mm-hmm. oh I am. Yes. Lay the second question on me. What are you? What's something that made you extremely happy this week? I'm going to the Viking Museum in York. So jealous. I am so excited. Like anyone that knows me knows, I love Viking history. I love Nordic history. It's amazing. Um, I. I just loved learning You've about. You've got a little it. bit of a Viking vibe about you, you know. I've been told this. <laughs> you are. A, you do look a little bit like a Viking. I've been told this. If you were like, I look quite. You'd have to uh, be European. Much, you'd have to be much taller though, right? A Viking's uh, really tall. No, no, they're not. No, no. Oh, uh, some small, some short, some tall. They all they um, come in all shapes and sizes. All shapes and sizes. They they didn't when they were created. Didn't didn't d- discriminate the small people. They were like kept them in. You can be Vikings as well. You can be a small Viking. A little mini Viking. Uh, but no, I I. I they lived a simple life. They were great. They they well, did what they did. Were they were they great? I they, think did a they, lot were. Of, they did a lot of raping and pillaging and killing. Yeah, but so did many, many other people. This is true. Um, so for their time, I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah, so, and you're going to the Viking Museum. I can't wait. So That's the reason there's sick. one in York is because for anyone that wants to know or is interested, they first settled, they took over a stronghold in York. No uh, way! Yeah, they took over the city of York. They completely outwitted the, the English at the time. Uh, English came out the city for some reason and the Vikings went... <laughs> and just went in and took it. With a Viking accent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not going to attempt one because I can't do one, but they're like Danish accent. But they, they went in, they took the city, they held it. English tried to take it back. They fought them off, took it back, yeah. uh, kept it. Sorry, they're um, pretty like uh, pretty notorious for being savage, right? Like being proper savage. Yeah, uh, I think they were because the things that they believed in were obviously like their gods. Uh, they believe in dying in battle. If you don't die in battle, you're not ending up in in Valhalla with Odin and oh Thor. And you're not drinking. But if it, so one thing that they did was. If you, I can talk about this for a long time, so please stop me. I'll stop but, you at some point. But one thing that they they were really into was um, challenging each other. So if I disagreed with something, another Earl, um, they're called Earls, they were like their leaders, mm-hmm. uh, did. I could then challenge the Earl and be like, I challenge you to, to combat. And I just mutually respect this person. I might be like, yeah, you're cool, but challenge you to combat. So whoever dies in combat then... Obviously, the other one wins, but the other one will then end up in Valhalla. So it's sort of like a win-win situation, okay. except one is dead. <laughs> um, okay. But the afterlife is Valhalla, uh, drinking, 
And but they also included women in this. Ah. So it wasn't just male fighters, uh, much like like English. Were, were and women Frank, were Frank women Carlos. included in like war and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd all have shield, they were called shield maidens. Whoa. So you would get men fighting beside women, um, just going out exploring, um, raiding. Uh, obviously, that's where the bad stuff came in. But yeah. they they discovered England through that. They went to France from that. Yeah. So they just explored. They were massive explorers. Um, and that's how they they spread out. Uh, there was a lot of infighting as well, but there was a lot of respect amongst them. Right. So there was a lot of respect. Like if someone was a great warrior, another great warrior would then respect. He may disagree with what he's doing or what he's done, yeah. or but they might try and backstab. But your what your your warriorship is like your your badge of honor in the community. Yeah, your, totally. your, your ability to carry out these tasks and win these battles was kind of valued over everything else. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you heard that this person was leading an army, then it was like, oh my god, this person's like that's leading this. Oh my god, like sick. this is going to be hard. Gangster. Yeah, so sick. So uh, you, what you should I'm do? So excited. What you should do is link to it in the show notes. Yes, so I that, will. Show that so many good things, so that people can see what it's like. Well, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of write up on it uh, after I've been. So I mean, we're recording this and I've not been, but by the time this episode is out, it, I will have been. Okay. So I will try and get something up so beforehand. Put, we'll, we'll put something up before this episode yeah. comes out, hopefully. Um, and who would you like to give a little shout out to? So linking back to York. It hasn't just been. It hasn't quite been Valentine's yet, but I'd like to shout Jen out. Okay, yeah, little, we're little shouting out Jen. We're shouting out our significant little others. five foot Jen. She uh, is little, isn't she? She is tiny. Is she actually five foot? Probably, I think so. Have you ever measured her? She said she was about five foot. So. Can you fit her in a backpack? Probably. She's great. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna shout Jen out because like that's a really thoughtful thing to do. She's booked it. She didn't even tell me she was just like book these book this date off. Have you got Valentine's off? I was like not yet. Blah blah blah. So I booked it off, and she's like, well, I booked. We're gonna go to York. Sick. Caveat: I have to drive, but uh, that's all right. It's apparently a really nice drive. Nice. Pillsbury's just been there. He said it was good. He's a good lad. So uh, he didn't go to the museum, so he didn't ruin that for me. But he said York is lovely. So lovely. I'm looking forward to excited. Awesome. So, thank you, Jen. Go on, Jen. We love Jen. She's awesome. Lovely little Jen. She's wonderful. Um, I like how when she's like a little bit nervous, she talks to herself. She does all the time. Which is great. Yep. Um, cool. Awesome. So lead us into your good news. I'm excited in for yours. Your good news. Okay. My good news um, basically is ridiculous. Uh, so there was this guy, right? Who um, his dad died of cancer. Super sad. Sad times. Very sad. He was bad then news, man. he was then bad news man. Then he was diagnosed with cancer himself. What? Crazy. So that got even worse. And then um, he was crowned bodybuilding world champion after be beating the illness. No. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. World so, champion. So he um, says that um, basically he was raised by his grandmother. Um, he met his birth father for the first time. Um, like late on in his life. Okay. And just two weeks after they got to know each other, um, his dad died of prostate cancer, which uh, prompted the, uh, his name is Denton Wilson, which prompted Denton in his early 40s to get himself checked out as a precaution. Like obviously if course, yeah. your dad dies, your, your biological dad dies of some illness that is passed on um, to the next generation, you go and get yourself checked out. He was actually diagnosed with the condition himself um, and the doctor said he had a matter of weeks to live. Um, so he underwent surgery um, and he took up bodybuilding to regain his strength. Um, and now, 20 years on, he's a grandfather himself 
And he won the over 60s category at the bodybuilding world finals in Miami, Florida. That is crazy. <laughs> Proper beast. He is a machine. Yeah. So he said, I was given a second chance at life. His death gave me life. At the time, I knew nothing at all about disease and I was, un I was, and I was healthy. If I ever met my dad then, I would have been dead a long... If I never met my dad then, I would have been dead a long time ago, he added. It was a dream to, for, he, for me to meet him and his death saved my life. That is insane. That is such a good story. That's amazing. That is the it? definition of good news. Yes. So, yes, the, we, we shout out to, to the dad and also to Denton Wilson, who is the newly crowned over 65s. Um, so is that like a recent news post as well? Yeah, right? boy, yeah. I feel like it's super recent. Let's check the date on this bad boy. February the 10th. Oh, wow. Very, very recent. Super recent, bro. So yeah, he's a killer. Um, and we will link to this article in the show notes if you want to read the whole Yeah, thing. definitely. That's a good one. Sick. Good job, Denton. Um, cool, commis cool, cool. Commiserations for your father, but Keep well done for well done for pushing through. Oh my days, he is jacked. Have <laughs> you got a picture? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would not. Wow! I would not mess with him. He is, um, yeah, that guy is shredded, bro. Yeah, proper shredded. He is boofed. He's like, yeah, he's like Anton in 50 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Stop mentioning Anton. And that is what we call going full circle. Yes, it is. Okay, hit me with your good news. So, my good news is another story of overcoming, I'd say. Oh, and we've um, already talked about tattoos, haven't we? So, this is good. Ooh. Uh, so, this is about a street hustler's journey to the world-renowned tattoo artist. To okay. being a world-renowned tattoo artist. So... Josh Peacock uh, used to tag streets. He was a graffiti artist. And we've all done it. He dealt weed on the side. Nice. Uh, and then heroin upended his life. He's not dead. Uh, it just basically turned his life into the gutter. Yeah. Uh, which is... Uh, it's awful. Yeah, terrible. Awful. There is... Um, oh, I can't even remember what documentary it was. Uh, I'll find think, out. Think, 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 think. I'll, I'll find out. I'll put it in the show notes. But I watched a documentary about how it affects people's lives and how people, um, and and about people trying to get off it. Um, absolutely insane. Crazy. Craziness. Crazy. Yeah. Um, get it linked. Get it found. Yeah, we'll sort it out. Uh, but he's now reinvented himself as a different kind of artist. He's a tattoo artist now. So Very popular, famous one. He's like oh, tattooed wow. celebrities and stuff. Yeah. Wow. He's, uh, so he Josh Peacock is Josh Peacock. He um from what I'm from what I've read in the article, which I will link to, um, so I won't go into too much on it, but he basically was at Cambridge University. He was an English undergrad. Wow. Um local graffiti artist and um he used to sell weed on the side. So he wasn't but the thing that a lot of people liked about him, a lot of people liked buying from him was he was just a nice, polite, respectable person. Like right. he wasn't your usual thug. He wasn't, you know, shady dangerous. or dangerous. He was just a really nice guy. Yeah, not a bit weird. Yeah, no worries. Tell you that. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and ended the up, ideal drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, the, the nicer <laughs> drug dealer. Um, so yeah, no, and he was he was into that and sold a bit of weed, and then I think he was somewhere. I'm trying to find it in the article. He was somewhere, and a a joint was being. Oh, it was at a squat party. So what he was doing at a squat party, I've no idea, but he was there and a joint got passed around with some heroin in it and no one told anyone that had smoked it that it had heroin in. Awesome. So that got him, messed him up royally. Uh, like he was in a bad place. And he recently um, had a friend pass away who he had done tattoos on. 
Oh, okay. And it was huge for him. Like, it turned his life around. He, it was so sad. Not only had his friend died, but all those memories of those tattoos on his body, they all meant something to the, the lad that he tattooed them on. So yeah. not only had he seen that work now go, but he'd also seen his friend now go. So wow, yeah. And those memories have obviously left. Yeah. So it was like a trifecta. There's a lot. There's a, a lot of time that goes into tattoos, isn't mm. it? Like it is a. It is a really like intimate experience. I mean, I've not been tattooed, but I know lots of people who have been. And the relationship between tattooer and tattoo I imagine, is very, very close because you are causing someone a serious amount of. Pain You're scarring their body for life. In order that they can either commemorate someone or remember a time in their life or even just put something cool that they like on their body permanently. I imagine it is a very, very deep connection. Um, and then to have someone who you've worked on and who is one of your best friends die um, is horrendous. Um, it's awful, yeah. It, it must be devastating. But he he, he used that as a pivot to, to sort his life around. Um, and he's completely spun it. And I'm trying to find out who he was. Who's he tattooed? There's a celebrity. And he's travelled Europe. He's travelled the world. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really big now. Um, Josh Peacock. Maybe we'll find his Instagram and post it so people but can But even see. when he was homeless and around and about and things like that, he always had a sketchbook on him. Ah, now we're talking. Always had a sketchbook on him. Um, and he obviously didn't have many possessions at the time except his sketchbook and his pencil. Yeah. And I think he once went into this... Um, blah, 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 blah. He went somewhere. I'm trying to find it here. He went into a local shop and started as an apprentice. That's the way. And he got took on uh, and then started doing an amazing piece of work, moved back to Cambridgeshire. Uh, and it's this piece of work that he does. It's basically like little cutesy-style critters, but with, like, human teeth. Wow. It's, yeah, it's mad. Um, and he said that he was done with people telling him to, like, you know, coming up with de cease and desist. Like, someone had showed him, like, a little finger skateboard. You know, there's mini ones. Yeah. And it had a piece of his artwork on it. And someone was like, oh, you need to get lawyers involved. You need to cease and desist. And he's like, no, why? Loads of people are going to see that. That's basically advertisement for me. If they Google that, they'll find me. Yeah. Like, and loads of people were like, oh, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Like, you cease and desist it. It's your work. And he was like, no, I want to, I'm creating the artwork to share the artwork. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, he's completely turned his life around. Uh, I don't know if he's still in Cambridge, but yeah, he's crazy. We'll link, we'll link to him. We'll link to him. Josh Peacock, you're a good lad. Well done for overcoming all the kind of crazy stuff you've had to overcome. And maybe we can, yeah, we'll link to his Instagram. Like, tattoo artists always seem to have really, really nice Instagram pages because yeah. obviously they're creative, arty people. So it makes sense for them to have well, the, the nice quote, Instagram pages. The quote I've got from him here is really nice, just to end on. It says, there's so much misery out there, but I get to, watch, uh, I get to meet people who want to look at their skin and smile. Sick. So I like that. Yeah. Awesome. And that was the news. And that was your good news. That was the good news for today. Okay, this week's essay. We are looking at an essay called Flowers. Now, it's not actually about flowers. Ooh. So if you are, if you have listened to the first 25-ish minutes of this podcast hoping to listen to someone talk about geraniums, you're in the wrong place, love, right? You need bloody Titchmarsh. You need... <laughs> Alan Bloody Titchmarsh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, so, yeah, this is actually not about flowers, but it uses um, the um, flowers as a metaphor for um, our friends and the people around us. 
Um, it comes basically from this Alexander Deheja, Denheja, Alexander Denheja, um, who is a, he's the purposeologist on Instagram. Um, he's a really creative writer um, and he has this quote which I saw and had to write about. Um, and it's this, he says, when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower. Which I thought was like, mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's like... Yeah, because you always think it's the flower's fault. you correct. Which not is, the soil or the earth or the 100%. feed or the water. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, um, we put together this essay which talks about um, three steps we can do to... Um, help out the people around us who are struggling to grow um, and help them move past whatever's holding them back. Um, we're not going to read you the whole thing because we'd love you for you to go and check it out on the website. Um, if you go to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash flowers, you can see the whole post up there. And this post was actually featured um, on a, another online publication, which is Ardently Magazine. Um, they got in touch with us on Instagram a few months before we actually kicked off the website in its entirety. Um, and I spoke to them about maybe doing some guest writing for them and that we were starting this website and we had all these essays kind of ready to go and we'd love to have some featured. So on Ardently, um, their, this um, essay was first posted on there. So if you want to go and check it out, we will also link to them hosting this, um, this essay. Um, but I'll just read a little bit of it and then we'll talk through the three steps um, that uh, we kind of put together to help the people around us grow when they're struggling. So, why, when someone is struggling with self-worth or addiction or worry or anxiety, do we immediately assume that the person suffering through those situations needs to change? When a friend or loved one tells us that they are struggling, our minds are bypassed and we suddenly find ourselves saying the things we think we should say to make them feel better. Cheer up, try not to worry about it, Think positive, but these useless platitudes of empty encouragement show not only a distinct lack of imagination, but a distinct lack of understanding, an understanding of where these issues sometimes sprout from. In order to be understanding, we need to know where the other person is standing. People, our friends are struggling to grow. Let's assess their surroundings, help them make the necessary changes, and then be willing to stand by them as they push through the tough task of, adapt of adapting to the new environment. Um, so this essay basically um, talks about people who are either struggling with something in a like physical context, like I'm struggling with how far away I live from my girlfriend, or I'm struggling with money or I'm struggling with growing in this area of my life, mm -hmm. um, but also people who um, have kind of emotional needs that aren't being met. Um, so the first step that we talk about is um, listen. Now it's very easy for us to say that, but it's very difficult for us to put that into practice. Um, something that um, I'm trying to be much better at, um, not only in my life life but also in our work life mm -hmm. what we do often is we'll spend a lot of time listening um, but it's difficult for us to uh, sometimes for us to actually hear what's being said mm -hmm. we can we can listen but are we actually hearing what's you, going on you have to almost put yourself in in that person's shoes Correct. so if a friend comes to you and says i'm really struggling with this you have to then be like not just be like, cheer up, don't, you know, don't fret about it, you've got this happening. Yeah, you almost yeah. have to take yourself, put yourself in their shoes and be like, oh, actually, what do they do? Where are they coming from? Where yeah. is that person 
I mean, how much courage would it have taken them to tell you in the first place? Massive, yeah. And also appreciate and respect that and then also be like, well, actually, I don't understand what you're going through. Yeah. How can I help you? What yeah. do you need from me? Yeah. Rather than just jumping in. I, I think, think that's important. Massively important. Um, the, the how can I help you doesn't even arrive if you don't do the listening bit in the first place. Correct. Um, the I had a, um, a chat with someone the other day who said that they were struggling with... Uh, a long distance relationship mm -hmm. um, and they're kind of um, they were fi they were finding it hard to support their partner because their p partner wouldn't open up about what they were feeling and what they were going through um, and I was saying that it's almost more important for you to shut up and listen than it is for you to try and offer advice and try and get things out of that person um, because in order for you to be understand this is what this where this quote comes from in order to be understanding we have to know where the other person is standing um we have to know the situation that the other person is living through in order to um be able to um you only know how to affect a situation once you have all the facts even if you don't get all the facts some of the facts is better than none of the facts um so yeah, it's, we, got, we can only offer kind of useful, informed opinions when we understand the world in which the issue is occurring. So any of those, any of those um, outcomes, oh, I can't get my partner to open up or I'm struggling with my sleep or I can't focus or I have low self-esteem about this. Um, we want to know the... It's important for us to listen and hear all of the things in order to be able to offer salient, like helpful advice. Yeah, I so think you have to, I think on the flip, you have to be honest if you don't understand where they're coming from exactly. as well. You have to just be like, I really don't understand where that's coming from, Yeah. but I want to understand and try and help. Yeah. Um, and I think the person will appreciate the honesty. Yeah. And I think they'll also then want to tell you more, I guess, just to, so that you do understand and that you yeah. can try and help. Yeah. Don't just relate it to something in your own life. Don't template match it yeah. because it won't be the same situation because this person is completely unique and different. Yeah, I think it's the help me help you line springs to mind. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to help you through this situation if you won't first give me the tools in which I, the tools which I need in order to help yeah. you. Um, There's no point going in with a hammer if it actually just needs something to smooth it over i can't think of a smoothing tool <laughs> oh my gosh you yeah you there a hammer is not always the right tool for the job you don't want to turn up to you don't want to turn up to ballet practice with your football boots oh i like that <laughs> nice one. let's scrub the other one <laughs> uh, so things like things that you don't always take into um in, into consideration can actually affect how people are feeling and how people are growing so things like access to sunlight i feel like Huge. that's something i struggle from massively mm -hmm. like we spend all of our all of our time inside at work um when you wake up as early as we do you're up before the sun and often we get home after the sun's gone down yes so it's i think things like light and exercise and time spent alone your diet security overwhelm rest upbringing there's lots of things that can affect how someone grows and in order to offer them the help that they need to move forward or to move upwards uh you have to kind of have a a wider you have to kind of zoom out a little bit um because if yeah you're right if you're offering a template matched answer 
this is, oh, oh yeah, I've experienced overwhelm before. You've got to just step back from some of your tasks. Yeah. But you don't know the reason they're feeling overwhelmed is because they are struggling with money or they're struggling with a family member who's having mental health issues. Like you, we can only really know the full story if we are willing to lay a platform out or like send them an invitation and then sit back and wait for them to talk. Yeah, and you can't expect everyone to understand. So there may be just a colleague that you want to speak to, but you can't you can't always help them because they, they, they may not always just want to tell you everything. Or that, that colleague may have a bad day. Or that, that friend of a friend may have a bad time and make themselves look stupid in front of you. But then you're like, oh, well, you create a perception of that person, but yeah. truly you don't understand what they're going through. So Correct. there may be a reason that they do that. So the next four times you meet that person, completely different individual, and it changes your perspective on yeah. them. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, the, the being open to being open to someone else's um, problems is massive. Um, help me understand is a massive phrase that I feel like we don't use often enough. Um, we will just assume um, that we have the answers or that we're because we're older and we're more experienced we know what's going on or because we've been through that we've been through that before or we know someone who's been through that before that we have the answers and we don't like often I find myself in a situation where I'm like I literally don't know how to help you yeah but I've if, been there I've, but if I've done if I've done the bit at the beginning where I listen to you lay it all out I might be able to help like tiny bits of your situation. I can't, I probably can't solve it for you. I think it's harder when it's a friend as well. Because yeah. if a friend comes to you, you, you A, don't want to see that friend upset and hurt, but you yeah. also B, you, you're probably going to feel more passionately about helping them. So the advice that you give may come across stronger like a hammer. You, yeah. You're just hammering it home. But yeah. it's just not, it's not getting there. It's not sinking in because yeah. they're too in that situation. Yeah, and also it comes back to the same thing. You need to know you need to know the nuance of the situation in order to give advice that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that so the first step of three for helping someone grow who is struggling is to listen. The second step is to attack the weeds. Um, so. Oh, linking it back to it's, the flowers. It's a flowers reference. So when we talk about flowers, the most obvious comparison for a healthy environment is sunlight. But we should also consider things like water, encouragement, encouragement. We'll come back to that for flowers, um, space, and support. Um, so if we were, if we want to help others grow, we must first remove the weeds and obstructions that are in their way. They're the bad things. Correct. So I I put together some examples here. Maybe we can discuss them just to kind of. Um, uh, explore it a little bit more. So, one of the things that uh, so these are these are probably pretty close to some some conversations that lots of people have had. Um, so the first one is so imagine saying, uh, "Hey, dude, I know you're struggling with X, but remember to only consume healthy stuff. It's not if it's not good for you, let it go." Um, if we are at our best, we must make sure. If we are to be at our best, we must make sure we are consuming that which is healthy. Healthy, so watering ourselves. Yeah. Task number one. Number two, I support you massively. I am here for you whenever you need me. You are doing a great job of X, and I see that you're working really hard. Just like if we are to thrive, we need encouragement and empowerment to do so. So a cheer section is vitally important. Important, and there is a bustle article that we'll link to which is about a scientific study they did with two identical flowers. I mean, not identical, they're flowers. They're two flowers, <laughs> two plants. Geraniums. Two bloody geraniums. And um, one of them, I think it was in a high school somewhere, and they did one of them 
they were both in glass boxes. One of yep. them, people would go up to it and be horrible to it. Oh, right, okay. I'd be like, you rubbish plant. You shit plant. Yeah, you're not even green, mate. Oh, what are you? Rubbish. You chlorophyll, get out of my face. <laughs> Um, no Photosynthesis. One, no, one, no one can even bloody spell that. Um, so they would be horrible to it. And then the second one in a glass box, they would only say really nice things to you. Oh, oh your, your leaves are so green. I love your soft. photosynthesis. You're amazing. Oh, the way you the way you use sunlight really turns me on. <laughs> <laughs> your name, geranium. Oh, geranium on me. Geranium on me. <laughs> When you're not strong. Um, this is another singing podcast. Um, and the one that they gave encouragement to grew much more healthy than the one that they gave insults no. to. No. How crazy is that? That's bullshit. <laughs> it's not. I'm going to link to it. So it's in the show notes for you and you can read it. Um, so... Yeah, having a cheer section is massively important. Yeah, so. that's good. You're doing a really good job of, of talking about this, Mick. <laughs> Thanks very much. You're killing it. Um, People so at home are going to love listening to this. They are, they're, and they're going to grow. They're going to love it. They're going to leave us a five-star review. They better do. So, number three. I know you feel stagnant right now. I wonder if you're being held, by X, being held back by X or X. Have you thought of letting those things go in order to make space for your own personal growth? If we are to grow, we need to have space around us into which we can reach, stretch, and expand. A greenhouse or a plant pot are only... <laughs> no, wait, let me finish. A greenhouse or a plant pot are only helpful for so long. Ooh. Yeah, so this is obviously like... <laughs> pretty excited for the plant reference. <laughs> so many plant references in this episode. I love it. Um, so this is like, obviously, at some point you outgrow the situation you're in. And the only way for you to keep growing is for you to move. Yeah. It's for you to like take yourself out of the situation you're in. And uh, that change is what then allows you to move. Different, up up. different perspective on things, Correct. different environment, different room to grow. Exactly. More um, room to grow. More room to grow. So the last one, and then we will get to point number three, um, is I can see how much you're struggling with X. Please let me do this to give you a helping hand. If we are to stand tall and strong, sometimes we need outside help to keep us on the right path. A creeping vine needs wire and a post to climb. Look at that. Oh, Super plant segue. So many plant references. Um, right, so yes, know, know the species. That's number one, listen. Geranium. Geranium. Attack the weeds around it, not the flower itself. Boom. Number three, be prepared to adapt. Move the geranium to a better place so it can grow and develop Correct. into a nice, sexy plant. All of these plant references are metaphors for our friends. When we are trying to help others mold their environments to better serve their personal growth or, their personal growth or the personal growth of others, it is important to be aware of the mind's propensity for change. Adapt and thrive. What a person needs now may not be what that person needs in one week, one month, or 10 years from now. Thus, the process begins. Listen, attack, adapt. Listen, attack, adapt, and so on. Many things are outside of our control, but many things are inside our control and changeable. If we are to help others grow and thrive like flowers, we must open, our, open the eyes of our friends to change that needs to happen and be willing to go through the rain with them to make that change happen. The change we need will not always be an internal change but more often will be a change of stimuli or input. So this comes back to be ready 
when it all kicks off mm. to make actual change, adapt to your situation, adapt your environment, um, because it's not going to be easy. No, it's going to be hella hard. Hella. Hella hard. Um, and that is the last plant reference for today's essay. <laughs> oh, boo. Oh, boo. But we can... If you were a plant, what would you be? If I was a plant? Sunflower. No, that's too generic. I would be a... Geranium. No, I like the word geranium, but I wouldn't be a geranium. I would be a... Fern. Ooh, talk to me about why you'd be a fern. Um, often found in wooded areas. Yes. You Large. are often found in wooded areas. Correct. Large leaves um, to attract as much sunlight as possible. Um, cover a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. um, and soft to the touch. <laughs> oh, God. So many plant references. Um, if you would like to hear all the plant references... I want to be a blood root. Why are you looking up plants? <laughs> because I don't know what a blood root is. Known to botanists as Sanguinaria canadensis, blood root plants are herbaceous perennials that spread by means of rhizomes to form colonies under the right conditions. They live a simple life. I am a blood root. You are literally mental. I know. Um... If you want to hear the whole, uh, if you want to read the whole essay, you can head to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash flowers. Um, we will also link to where it is hosted on Ardently Magazine. Um, Shout out to Ardently Magazine for featuring. Correct. Um, if you want to hit them up on Instagram, I believe it's at Live Ardently. Okay. Uh, when the uh, when I we can post confirm. On, I can when confirm. we post on Instagram to announce that this podcast has come out. Huge shout out. We will give them a huge shout huge out. Huge shout out. Huge. Um, so this is the thing to take away from that. In order to be understanding, we need to know where the person is standing. Sick. Should we do Ask Reddit? Ask Reddit. That sounded like um, gold finger. finger. That's because these questions are a keeper. Um, <laughs> Why did I do that? I don't know. Blood root. Blood root. I'm such a blood root. You're literally so blood rootish out here. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Oosh. What would you put? Fire away. What would you put in a mental health first aid kit? Why? Why have these things been listed? Uh, because these. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! I just got to the end of the list. Yeah, so people put, uh, basically there's a question on Reddit. In this section section of the show, we go through Ask Reddit, we find a question that we really like, and then we discuss people's answers before we give our own answer. Some of them are funny. Some of them are funny, some of them are really informative. This one's pretty awesome as well. What would you put in a mental health first aid kit? So basically this would be like a health, uh, a, a first aid kit that you would um, carry with you in case you are suffering from a mental health issue, what things would you need in there to kind of like get you back to mm. um, a place where you felt comfortable again? The, this first one, a heavy weighted blanket. Why a heavy weighted blanket? Right, so there's this trend going around on the internet. I mean, it's going around in the real world, but it's I was going to say, <laughs> just the internet. But the only people on the internet. There's this trend going around where people are spending copious amounts of money on these really thick, heavy blankets. Because when you lie under one, it's supposed to feel like you're being like a, a hog. 
Yeah, kind of. Ooh. I feel like it's supposed to be like the pressure of the heavy blanket is supposed to make you feel like secure and like protected and looked after. Okay. And and there's a trend going on where people are spending lots of money on them. Companies have gone, oh, you want to buy a heavy blanket? <laughs> Here's one for 500 quid. I've one with a boulder in it. Literally. <laughs> sleep underneath <laughs> a rock. Um, so th I can imagine that being a, 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 a thing that people would pay money for. Sleeping I, under a rock or a heavyweighted blanket. <laughs> a heavyweighted blanket. But there's, yeah, we'll, we'll link to some examples. But it is... <laughs> Hella money. That's stupid amounts of money. Super expensive. It's people so spend like 200 quid on a heavy blanket. Just put a couple on top of each other. <laughs> exactly. However, I subscribe to this because when Ezra, who's my one-year-old, when Ezra is struggling to fall asleep, I will often put a really heavy boulder towel <laughs> on top of him. Oh. He's lying on his, in his cot with his blanket on him. I will put like a thick towel over the top of his blanket. And it kind of just like, it's not enough to cause any discomfort, but it's, it's enough that he feels like he's being like cuddled or like that he's being squished a little bit. Yeah. And that almost instantly sends him into a deep no, sleep. I get that though, I get that. Like I have heavy bedding at home uh, for winter. And whenever I'm under it, it's just like, ah, I get in there and I'm like, I'm cuddled. You do feel it, don't you? Yeah. Um, I get so warm that it's not even an option for me. So. Oh, you're missing uh, out. Do you want a heavy-weighted blanket? Please. Do you want a And if you're a heavy-weighted blanket, please email us. Um, <laughs> Noise-cancelling headphones is the next one. On this I like that one. But we talked last week about using noise as a tool to help you get to sleep. Yeah, but mental health and getting to sleep are two different things. So some noise cancelling headphones, especially if you suffer from autism. Correct. Shopping centres, boop, noise cancelling headphones, can't hear shit. Yeah, very good. Um, earplugs. Have you, yeah. ever, have you ever slept with earplugs in? I don't, I'm quite, when I'm asleep, I'm a heavy sleeper. Oh Jenna, not so much. And I've been so tempted to buy her earplugs so many times, but I've got a feeling sleeping with them in would be a nightmare. I've slept with my AirPods in before. Oh really? Yeah. It's not good. No, you know, because they emit sound, but they really hurt. <laughs> yeah, but earplugs. I, I can't imagine sleeping with them. It's going to be comfortable. I know people that do it. But... You're going to lie on your back like Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> arms folded to yeah, the across, to the neck across your face. Uh, yeah. So noise cancelling headphones, paper pencils, and art supplies was one of the good answers to this question. Ah, oh, paper. The, yeah. The best one. answer to this question was a puppy. So. I saw Puppy and laughed because the other night I was watching 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Great show. Definitely check it out. Um, and there, there was a girl on it, an American girl, comedian, who had a spider, a tarantula called Dave. No. And two of the other comedians, I think uh, John Richardson and I can't remember the name of the other lad. Uh, very funny guys. They were terrified. They jumped up on their stools and were freaking out. And she it, had it in the studio? Yeah, she, on the table, running around. Well, it wasn't running, it was Was it a tarantula? Around. Yeah, a little black one. No. She wasn't scared of it because she'd named it Dave. <laughs> she was like... <laughs> this is Dave the spider? That's, that's, that's not... Mental. Oh, so one of the lads was like, if I saw Dave in my bath, I'd be terrified. And she was like, well, yeah, because if you've not invited Dave for the bath and he's there in your bath, you're going to be scared. But if you go, Dave, do you want to take a quick bath? And Dave's no. in your bath? She doesn't bath with Dave. Spiders don't have a bath. No. They don't like water. She was using it as an example. Right. So if you walk into the kitchen and you see Dave crawling up your wall, you're like, Dave, in the kitchen again. Get out, you fat bastard. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's a spider. But, this is what he's doing in there, I have no oh idea. God. But, 
But the point being, if you name the spider, it was her comfort animal. She enjoyed having Dave about. Have you heard about this trend where people are trying to take animals on planes because they're like emotional support animals? <laughs> yes. Did you hear that a woman got taken off a plane for trying to take a squirrel on? <laughs> <laughs> it's Fair play to her, though. It's, it's the least supportive animal of all time. Just run off. It'll it's got, It's got no mental health support. I want to take a, a bear on. A squirrel is so silly. All it does is panic, look around <laughs> in a really skittish <laughs> manner, look after nuts and run up a tree. Like, they're the most indecisive animal. They're so the skittish. Time. They run up a tree, they go, oh, I run back down the tree. And then they run up the tree, and they run back down the tree. Like, they're the most indecisive animal. I love animal that you did time. the action for that. You're like, <laughs> up the tree, down the tree. They're the most, yeah, you don't want an emotional support squirrel. That's absolutely insane. No. Um, to, uh, I think emotional support tarantula is probably not <laughs> the best. Even worse. <laughs> See, I've held a tarantula. I'm not scared of them, but I don't like little spiders. I don't like because spiders they at scare all. me because I don't expect them. I don't want them. But if I had Dave the tarantula, Dave. if I see Dave crawling about the floor, I'm like, come on, Dave, get back in your thing. Uh, Robin, Thunderknob from work, he's got uh, a tarantula, or he had a tarantula, and it kept escaping its its enclosure. No. <laughs> He actually had one. I'm out. <laughs> ask him next time you see him. Ask him about. His, if this uh, was um, if this was Dragon's Den, and you said I've got a, I've got a spider that <laughs> escaped from its cage at night. I'm sorry, and for that reason, I'm out. It did apparently once he woke up and it was on his bed. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to throw to Lawrence. Jenna was terrified. Of Luca him. won't even read the page of his science book that has. Creepy crawlies on it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's so scared. I can't do spiders. Get him an emotional support tarantula. <laughs> then he can name it. Called Dave. Um, did, your, did you um, envision having such an emotional connection to your dog? I didn't. So we impulsively bought Otis, uh, knowing we were buying the flat. We really wanted a dog. Uh, and we were on Pets for Homes, uh, UK website, I think. And... The, Brussels Griffin popped up and we were like, oh my God. Uh, went and had a look at the two that were there and we just fell in love with him instantly. I made a connection with him. Like he, he wouldn't settle on anyone else and I picked him up and put him down on my lap and he just curled up and fell asleep straight away. I was like, we need this dog. Sick. Um, I, so, I don't know what I'd do. <coughs> he is a nightmare sometimes, but I honestly don't know what I'd do without him. Like he's incredible. Yeah. I love him. Could you reckon you could get away with him being an emotional support dog on a long flight? <laughs> 100%. He's a, he's a tiny little toy dog. Yeah, but he attacks people. No, he doesn't. No, he didn't. No, I take that back, Otis. I'm sorry, mate. He didn't attack me. He did go mental, though. He does go mental. That's what he does. Well, so what he does when his adrenaline kicks up and his heart starts, if you pick him up, you'll feel his heart going... Boop, 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 boop. His adrenaline just kicks in and he just runs around. If you pick him up and hold him for a minute or two, calm him down, stroke him... He's fine. Put him down. He's fine because his heart rate's calmed down. Um, what, he does it when he's tired as well. What would be the most difficult animal to take as a emotional support animal a on bear. a plane? <laughs> <laughs> I would because they're big, cuddly a things. Grizzly bear. It's like they're a, big, it's cuddly like an things. Eight foot grizzly bear. This is my emotional support bear. He needs three seats. Yeah, please let him sit down. <laughs> Piss off. I've only paid for two. He needs three. This is my emotional support hyena. Uh, yes, <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> Emotional support alligator. The, well, the hyena at least would be laughing the entire time. Would it though? 
Or is that just in the Lion King? I think that's just the Lion King thing. Okay. But emotional support, alligator. Just have a little float on the river with him. Just give him a little cuddle. Yeah, Watch him chomp up some stuff. <laughs> death roll. <laughs> death roll. <laughs> Craig just did a death roll. I okay, just did a death hit roll. me with yours. This is a pretty sick one. We've been we've been talking a little bit about sensory things to do with sound. Yeah. And, so this is a good one. Hit me. Um, so what sight, smell, or sound reminds you of a fond memory? Uh, so geraniums. Gera <laughs> <laughs> speaking about this, and that is how you go full circle. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, the smell of so one of the answers on Reddit was quite funny. Uh, the smell of horse shit reminds me of my father. In brackets, we used to take care of horses. This sounds like a bad memory, but it's actually really good. <laughs> I just oh. love that they had to clarify. Oh, horse manure. Reminds me of my dad. <laughs> I just love that they had to clarify that it sounded bad, yeah. but was good. It's a good memory, I promise. <laughs> um, and there was one that said, the smell of goats reminds me of my first kiss. And one of the comments underneath was, guess you couldn't find a human. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't but the person that put the smell of goats reminds me of my first kiss didn't elaborate elaborate <laughs> on that yeah, like, that's it oh because the first time I kissed my partner we were at Chester Zoo or we were at the zoo or whatever <laughs> there, were, there were goats around like, his name was Billy <laughs> <laughs> there weren't there weren't many around um, sight or sound there were a lot around smell sound, I think smell sounds, triggers sounds an easy one Sounds an easy one. Yeah, well, I've picked sound. Like, fairy tale of New York, without ever, without fail, every Christmas reminds me of my gran. It, yeah. it makes me... It, well, yeah. The songs, first time I hear it, well up. Yeah. Well up every time. I don't like that song. Like, I don't like it. I feel like people like it because it's got rude words in it. Mm. Um, but... For a fact. That being said, when the chorus going... Every time I well up. And the bells are ringing out. It's a good song. It's very good. But, it's really well written. Um, fun fact, obviously, um, the Pogues, uh -huh. they were going to originally be called Pogue Mahone, which in Irish Gaelic means kiss my ass. And their record label were like, no. No, no, no. No, no. We're you, not, you're we're, not having that. We're not doing that. So they're called um, the Pogues. Sick. Um, the Kisses, effectively. Uh, a smell. Go on. With the Christmas theme, when you smell a pine tree, it always reminds me of Christmas. Oh yes. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, uh, or a sight. What's a sight that reminds you of know. a fond memory? I don't know. Mm, I guess if you, I guess if you had like a. Um, yeah, like a, sight. yeah, like a kid. Like I have when I see pictures or stuff stuff that Luca has drawn or Lego models that we've made together or something that always brings back a cool memory of us sitting and doing the thing um, I guess um, for me I've just thought of a few then while you were talking um, one for me would be hearing the Halo theme tune always reminds me of being a kid I always used to go around to my friend Paul's <laughs> And then they've got that. Love that. You used to go around to my friend Paul's, and I can I can remember sitting there on his on his Xbox, 
finishing that first Halo game and oh, this sense of accomplishment when you've driven that Warthog through. And you land it on the thing. Oh, the oh, Pelican. My God, oh, it's so hard. I, but it reminds me back to that. But also I continued that for years because I did it all the way up until Halo Reach. We'd always get together. We'd always play. All of my friends, oh my st- we once stayed up. Is this the Halo podcast? Because I have the same, uh, We did. me and Cameron did the same thing. Well, we, uh, do you remember, on, did you ever play Halo Reach? Yeah. Do you remember the weekly challenges? Yeah. Uh, one of them once was complete the entire campaign on Legendary. Oh, yeah, we did that. My friends did that in one night. They stayed up. They had work at 8.30 the next morning. So from 6 o'clock the night before till 8 o'clock. I think they finished about an hour early. So 7 o'clock the, night, the next morning, whole campaign in Legendary. They were literally falling asleep, prodding each other, going up to your bit. Right. Do you remember the skulls that you yes. turn on? And my favourite one was... In the worst places possible. Grunt, grunt birthday party was yes. fun. And when you shot one in the head, the head would explode. Yeah! <laughs> confetti would come out the other one the the, the most like important one. one was the one where it took away the crosshair and you couldn't see what you were shooting yes I I also blackout no blackout was the map one you couldn't have you the could, map yeah, you couldn't see uh, the radar I didn't I loved that one that was a good one blind fire maybe it was called blind yeah blind fire anyway that game was my entire childhood but yeah that, so that's that, one that sound yeah. that sound will do it for me rally game uh, the smell of Christmas cake does it for me now I don't like Christmas cake I puked up a whole Christmas or the, cake the sight of Christmas cake because uh, I vividly remember this one Christmas where I went in my grand's old house. Uh, grand, granddad, and mum were all there. We had some family over. I went into the living room after um, eating, and I played. Uh, what was the rally game called for the PlayStation One? It wasn't Colin McRae. There's another one. Uh, anyway, I played this rally game. I'll try and remember the name of it. For World the show Rally notes. Championship. Mm, no. It wasn't that one. It was uh, I want to say RC Rally, but it wasn't. It was, it was it had a blue car on the front of the box. Can't oh, the blue car game. Yeah, yeah, blue car rally is called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, and I remember sitting and playing that with my granddad yeah. after we'd all eaten. We were all a bit full. We were just sat there playing games. I always Christmas cake reminds me of that because they were eating Christmas cake in the other room. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah. There's loads. Um, there's things that but yeah, like, when you think about them, they come. Correct. If you have a specific sight, smell, or sound that reminds you of a fond memory, please do email us at hello at manifestsimplicity.com. Or, We'd love to hear them. Or if you know anything that you would put in a mental health uh, first aid kit. Yeah, so that, what, what... Or your emotional support animal. Yeah. I want to know what these people want. I want, want an emotional know. support zebra. Why? I mean, I said bear, so... Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because um, everything in my life is black and white. Ooh... Quotes. I think we'll end on that. Uh, so be prepared to get stuck in the, stuck into the weeds. Prepare a mental health first. Hell, hell. Prepare a mental health first aid kit and go and get a tattoo. Only if you're going to enjoy it. Don't just get one for the sake of it. Whatever you want, do whatever you want. I mean, do yeah, effectively. But right before we end, we're going to hit you with oh our March challenge. So we have you are listening to this at the end of February, and we have just done. Four weeks of frugal Feb. So we have been spending a lot more intentionally this month. We have maybe had some slip-ups. I know I definitely have. Um, But in March, we are taking on a slightly different challenge. We are calling it March Memories. March Memories. So what we're going to do... What we're going to do is for the entire month of March, every day you are going to... If you'd like to play along with us, me and Craig are definitely going to do it. Um, if you'd like to play along, what we're going to do is we're going to delete an additional photo from our camera roll on our phone or from our photo library on our computer, an additional photo every day for the entire month. 
So on day one, you go and delete one photo. On day two, you go and delete, delete two photos. Day three, three photos, four, five, six, all the way up until the end of the month. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason for this is that I know for sure that my photo library is clogged up with stuff that doesn't need to be there. How many times have you been to a gig and just taken 10 of the same oh photo God. just yeah. to try and capture that perfect I've got one. photos on here of things that I screenshotted to send to people and then kept the screenshot yeah, of. Yeah, I've done that. Why have I got When that? Apple introduced the screenshot, send and delete, loved it. Life changing. Absolutely loved it because yeah. having an iPhone for that was perfect. Yeah. You screenshot something, Delete it, send it, delete it, not saved. So we are Loved all it. we are all a little bit photo hoardery. Yes, and we are. So what we're going to try and do is clean up a little bit of our digital clutter by getting rid of um, a load of photos in March. So if you want to play along with us, you can head to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash madness. And the rules for this month's challenge, March Madness, will be up for the, there for you to read. Um, we have done social media dry January that you can read at forward slash dry. Um, we have done frugal February now. We're coming to the end of frugal Feb. Um, you can read that at forward slash nothing. Um, and you are, you've written a diary of frugal Feb. Is that right? I have. Well, I'm currently in, well, by the time this is out, I will have completed it. Okay, so yeah, cool. I'll post that up. We'll put that up as well. Uh, I think the idea being with this one that we... We take so many photos, we don't view them all, we don't go necessarily go back through them all. So it's an idea to declutter, downsize, and simplify your photo library. Okay, and perfect. get the photos that you want kept, perfect. and the memories that you want. Maybe we should also have a social media element to this challenge. So we are pretty new to the Instagram game ourselves. Ah, yes. Because um, we were off it before we launched the website. Um, and now, yeah, which was really helpful launching a website. I came off it in October and you came off it in January as we launch a website. Yeah, so that was really helpful. But it was it was healthy for both of us, I think, to be off it for a while. But yes. we're now back in and we're, do, we're, using New it habits. we're using it much more intentionally, which is great. Um, what we're going to do then is for March Madness, uh, March Madness, March Memories, uh, March Madness is like a basketball thing. Yeah, you were telling everyone a minute ago it was March. You can find us at forward slash madness. No, it'll be forward slash memories. Forward slash memories. You are smarter than me. Um, not real. I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I know what love is. <laughs> um, so what we'll do is not only will we be deleting an additional photo every day for the whole month, but maybe what we'll do is every day you post a photo. It doesn't have to be on your Instagram, can be in your stories, can be um, on your Facebook, can be on Twitter. Post a photo and tell us about why that photo means something to you. Let's not only get rid, but let's also get um, a little bit nostalgic. Let's let's yeah. share the stories of, of our favorite photographs. And if you can't justify what that photo means, maybe you don't need it. Correct. Awesome. Right. I feel like we're ready to go. I think we are. Um, cool. We'll see you next time on Manifest Simplicity. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast, there is probably an option to review us. And if you leave us a nice review, then uh, it will jump this podcast up the chart a little bit. And that'll mean that other people will get to hear it, um, which is exactly what we want because 100%. we believe this message is for everyone. There is something to be had from living a simpler life. So if you would um, leave us a five-star review, that would be super, super helpful. Um, if you want to read more things we've written, check out the blog at manifestsimplicity.com. And if you want to keep up with our daily lives, you can find us on Instagram at manifest.simplicity and if you search manifest simplicity on twitter you can also track us down as well um i believe that's it we're good peace uh, until next time keep it simple
Mm-hmm.